0: Hello, and welcome to The Well Woman Show. I'm your host, Giovanna Rossi. Today, we delve into the groundbreaking work of Dr. Adia Gooden, a licensed clinical psychologist focusing on unconditional self-worth, imposter syndrome, and Black women and mental health. And we'll hear about Gloria Felt's efforts with Take the Lead and the ambitious goal of achieving gender parity by 2025. Stay tuned because we have a lot to cover. Let's start by talking about the gender gaps in self-esteem and power. These gaps still persist in our society, affecting various marginalized groups, especially women, and in particular, Black, Indigenous, and women of color. The self-esteem gap refers to the disparity in how individuals perceive their worth and value, and it can have significant implications for personal and professional growth. As we continue our program today... I'd like you to think about how you would rate your own self-esteem and your power or your decision-making authority and influence. Is it strong? Is it where you want it to be? And remember on The Well Woman Show, when we talk about power, we're not talking about power over. We're talking about power to power to create. One researcher who's been shedding light on this issue is Dr. Adia Gooden. She's focused her work on understanding self-worth and its impact on mental health, particularly among Black women. Dr. Gooden's research highlights the unique challenges faced by Black women in society and the importance of fostering self-esteem and self-worth for overall well-being. Her work serves as a powerful reminder of the need to address these disparities and to support the leaders doing this work. Take a listen to my interview with her now. I'm speaking with Dr. Adia Gooden this morning. Welcome to the show. Thanks so much for having me. It's great to have you on the show. And I just want to start, Dr. Gooden, by having you tell listeners Who are you in the world today?
1: Hmm, That's a great question. Well, um, I am a Black woman. I am a mom. I'm a wife. I am a clinical psychologist. And I am somebody who coaches high-achieving professional women on claiming their worth outside of the hustle. So a lot of what I talk about is helping people to deeply believe that they are unconditionally worthy. And I also work with companies who are trying to support more inclusive spaces for their employees of color in particular.
0: Mm, Okay, great. So just a little busy, huh? (laughs) Uh, As as with uh, so many of the guests on this show, we are all... Holding space for so many different roles in our lives and so many different sort of jobs and and the ways that we identify in in the world. So I also work with high achieving women and um, mostly that that's who's on this show, frankly mm-hmm. um, because um, that's that's who ends up coming into my world. I want to ask you what? Are you what what are you focused on with high achieving women or or with black women in general in your work? And and how is that benefiting women's well-being?
1: Mm, it's such a good question. So I mean, I think at the core, I am focused on helping women to see themselves and treat themselves as unconditionally worthy. And, you know, my personal experience as a high achieving black woman and my experience working with other people who um, hold these identities as well is that we have been socialized to believe that our worth is dependent on what we do in the world, what we produce and what we do for other people. And so a lot of the work that I do with high achieving women, with black women is helping them to dismantle those beliefs around conditions that they have place that society has placed on their worth and helping them to tap into the truth of who they are, their internal wisdom, their internal power so that they can show up in the world in a way that is really powerful and not power over and not overextending, but in a way that's grounded in the fact that they are worthy, grounded in their gifts, grounded in their wisdom, and also so that they can show up for themselves, right? With kindness and compassion and care without sort of prioritizing everyone else's needs and wants over their own.
0: Absolutely. Love that. It's so aligned with with what I do in the Well Woman community. And I just want to this is great because we can really kind of dig into some of the topics that we cover a lot on this show. Um, But with your added unique gifts and and expertise that you bring, I want to just ask you, where does this come from? And I know you're a psychologist. And so where does this come from? What is, can you give us a sort of a little bit of the roots and the history of how we as women, and then specifically because you work with Black women, how how did we end up in this bind of of mm. overachieving and undervaluing ourselves? And how is it different for Black women because it, there are a whole other set of circumstances and history there? Mm, yeah, another
1: great question. So I think there are a number of paths, right? We can start to start with the broad and overarching, which is how our society treats women, which there are a lot of messages about what it means, what it looks like to be worthy as a woman, right? So often we're experiencing, we're getting messages about being small, staying quiet, being pleasant, being nice, right? Like, doing for other people, serving other people, right? That's what makes you worthy. There are also lots of messages about our appearance, right? We need to look a certain way. We need to act a certain way. We, you know, it's about sort of how other people see our bodies, how other people see us, right? And so there's a lot of, message of messages about what it means to be a good girl, to be a good woman, to be likable. Mm-hmm. And we sort of receive those messages implicitly and explicitly. And then we witness or maybe experience the consequences of not adhering to that socialization. So we see women being attacked or punished for not being small, nice, quiet, right? We see or experience being punished or limited or discriminated against because we are not small, nice, quiet, et cetera, right? So that is sort of one thing that impacts most women, whether explicitly or implicitly. And some women can have the ability to sort of fit in into that framework. And so then they're approved of as long as they fit into that framework and they may bend themselves into a pretzel or make themselves super small in a number of ways to fit in. But often there is suffering that comes from that, trying to meet those standards. And then if you want to add the layer and you want to add a layer of experiencing trauma, which is often something that black women go through. I mean, all women, you know, may be exposed to trauma. Black women may be also exposed to trauma of, you know, racialized and gender trauma, um, sexual assault, various things like that, that communicate at their core, you are not worthy of your bodily autonomy. You are not worthy of safety and health yeah. and happiness, right? Those things... That- Then again, communicate that you're not unconditionally worthy and that maybe if you were different, you would be worthy. And then throughout the Black community, we have messages that say if you're Black, you have to work twice as hard, you have to work three times as hard to get just as far as a white man, for example. And there can be some reality to those messages, right? This expectation that you be perfect, right? That you perform perfectly, that you do everything perfectly in order to be worthy of a a position um uh, admittance to a school etc cetera, etc cetera. and so all of those layers and individual people are going to have different stories messages that they've received along their way along the way different experiences that sort of converge into a general feeling of i'm only worthy if i'm only worthy when or maybe i'm just unworthy because of who i am
0: yes Absolutely. I love this conversation because it is giving voice to what I think a lot of women think about or feel, but haven't been able to articulate or, or even, you know, be acknowledged, like having it be acknowledged for women listening, I think is really powerful. This whole thing of feeling unworthy, right? That can show up in so many different ways and be very problematic for, um, for us as women. So what are some of the ways that, that, that shows up and, and what tips could you give listeners for how we can begin to sort of find our worth or, or even just some basic, you know, self-love mm. tip would be really awesome.
1: Yeah. So you're right. Dealings of low self-worth or conditional self-worth can show up in a lot of ways. I'll start a little bit with my own experience and then expand outward. For me, feeling unworthy and feeling like there was something wrong with me showed up as people-pleasing, as perfectionism, as overworking, right? So I thought, okay, if I'm just perfect, if I'm the perfect friend, if I'm the perfect student, if I get everything right, then that's going to make me worthy and lovable. Or if I just am always constantly working, right? like I am the best student. I'm always working. I'm always doing. I'm always productive. That's going to make me worthy. There are times when it manifested it as if I get the right relationship, if I can just find a partner to love me, that will make me feel worthy. Right. And so what I found over, you know, a couple of decades of trying out all of these different ways of being worthy is that none of it really worked. It could also show up as no boundaries, right? Like any, somebody asks you to do something and you say yes, right? Because what somebody else wants is prioritized over what you want, because maybe you don't feel that your own needs and wants and desires are worthy, or you don't feel your boundaries are worthy, right? Or or you feel like you have to say yes to everyone else because other people approving of you makes you worthy. It can show up as um, settling for toxic and unhealthy relationships or toxic and unhealthy job situations. There's a lot of different ways that unworthiness or low self-worth can show up. And often it involves settling for agreeing to something that we don't truly want, giving away our power to someone else and really believing that if we do this thing external to us, whether that's an achievement, getting into a relationship, getting approval for someone else, that that is going to make us worthy instead of being grounded in our worth within us and moving from that space. The second question that you asked me is to To share how people can start to claim their worth, right? Start to love themselves and feel more worthy. And, you know, I have a framework that I use to help guide people to a place where they believe that they're truly worthy. So I'll share that framework, just an overview, and then share some tips from there. So the first part is freeing yourself. And that's really about freeing yourself from these things we're talking about, these conditions, these stories about what make you unworthy, the burdens from the past freeing yourself from that because that is often a block from that often blocks us from connecting to our sense of worthiness. The next part is loving yourself, right? And really starting to treat yourself with care and compassion. Um, I'll dig a little bit more into compassion because I think that's a really helpful practice. And then the last portion is being yourself. And that's about showing up authentically in your life, using your values, showing up authentically in your relationships, and actually allowing yourself to receive love because that's something we often have trouble with as well. So I want to dig into self-compassion because research actually shows that self-compassion helps to make us feel more worthy. And it's really about, you know, seeing ourselves, acknowledging our feelings, acknowledging that it's okay to feel the way we feel and that it's normal and it's human and offering ourselves kindness and encouragement. Or wherever we are, right? Instead of that critical, harsh voice that puts us down and makes us feel bad, we offer ourselves kindness just like we would offer a friend.
0: Yes, absolutely. Love that. I actually had Dr. Kristen Neff on the show in the past. um, Awesome. Who authored a couple of books, as you know, on self-compassion. So I love that you bring that into your work. And I'm speaking with Dr. Adia Gooden today, and we'll be right back on The Well Woman Show. For 25 years, I've been working in social justice and systems change because when women and girls thrive, families thrive and whole communities thrive. What I realized through my work was that there are systems at play that work to keep women leaders functioning at half their capacity because of overwork, overwhelm, and burnout. The very nature of our linear strategic systems of power that have worked so well for so many high achieving women are the exact reason we're crashing and burning at such high rates. So we end up with highly capable women leaders who are unable to realize their potential, whether it's in their health, their relationships, career, prosperity, or social impact. I'm Giovanna Rossi, host of the Well Woman Show on NPR. And what I do is work with high achieving women leaders who feel stuck in their careers, overwhelmed by trying to do it all, facing a health crisis or unhappy in their relationships so that they can finally enjoy life again, be the leader they know they can be and make the impact they're here to make with their families and communities. It's my mission to use a feminist lens and the Well Woman Life framework to challenge the status quo and dismantle systems that work to maintain unequal power so that all women can thrive as leaders in their communities and families. Get started on your Well Woman leadership journey by applying for the group program at wellwomanlife.com academy. We're back on the show with Dr. Adia Gooden, and we're talking about self-worth and how we can break the cycle of overachieving and over-efforting so that we can find more ease and joy in our lives. That's what we we really focus on here on The Well Woman Show. And uh, Dr. Adia Gooden really uh, focuses on this and you focus on on this in your work and you work specifically also with high achieving women and, and Black women. We're going into a segment called Superpowers for Success. And I want to ask you a quick round of questions. So you keep your answers a little short so we can get through all the, the questions. And the first question I want to ask you is what does success in life mean to you? Success
1: in life to me means freedom, abundance, connection, joy,
0: and ease. Mm, love that. And when did you know, Dr. Gooden, that you're really good at what you do?
1: When I started feeling in flow when I was speaking and could also was also getting feedback from people who heard me that what I shared deeply resonated with them.
0: Mm, I love your answer. Most people go directly to the external validation. And while that's, you know, important and can be great feedback, I think your your initial answer about just you you could feel when you're in flow, that is where we're, you know, wanting to be. And that's mm-hmm. where it sounds like your your work is taking women and that's certainly where my work is um so i love that and can you describe a personal habit that contributes to your well-being so you can do all of the things you do and be available to the people that you coach and your family and all of the things in your life
1: Mm, that's a good question.
0: I would say meditating
1: and exercising, moving my body regularly, um, helps to get me out my out of my head and ground me and keep me centered.
0: Mm, yeah. And what superpower did you discover you had only to realize it was there all the time? Mm, I would say my voice.
1: I have a particularly powerful voice, and I am outspoken. And at times in my past, that seemed like it made me too much for people. But I realize now that it's my superpower.
0: Mm, I love it. Uh, Isn't it wonderful when you can reframe those things that you were always told were too much or not enough or whichever way it is it was negative right yes and now it's like oh hold on that's my superpower i i have a whole thing i do on that a workshop with the well woman community that really helps you see that those things really are your 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 power so what advice would you give your younger self say Mm. 25 or 30 year old self? I don't know how old you are, but what what advice would you give your younger self?
1: Mm, I would tell my younger self to relax, <laughs> to have more fun, and that everything is going to work out the way it
0: should. Do you think she would have listened?
1: Maybe. She <laughs> might have been willing to have more fun. The relaxation part would still probably be a struggle.
0: <laughs> you know, that's such a good point. And we didn't talk about this, but I just want to lift that up for the listeners. This idea of rest has really got a lot of traction lately, for good reason. And um, why is it that overachievers or high achievers, I should say, have a hard time relaxing?
1: Mm, it's a good question. It's something that you know I've had to teach myself to relax, and I think it's an ongoing journey for me. I think that we find comfort in doing. I think it feels more safe, more secure. It feels like what we know and we trust in working. And it is harder to trust in relaxation and rest and in doing nothing. And so initially, relaxing is uncomfortable, which is why it's hard right? It sounds like it's good, but initially it can be uncomfortable. And we sort of have to train ourselves and shift even the like programming in our brains, our minds, and our nervous system to get more comfortable with relaxing and doing nothing and to trust that there is value there.
0: Yes, absolutely. The value is so important. And I think it takes women like you and these communities to Almost give permission. It's like, I, I want a permission slip. Like, is, is it okay to relax now? Like, have I done enough? Mm-hmm. And the answer is yes. If you're asking that question, then the answer is yes. <laughs> right? Yes. Yes. Absolutely. So, Dr. Gooden, you work, you focus your work on women. I don't know if it's exclusively women, but um, and, and also Black women. Do you identify as a feminist? I do. What does that mean for you? That's a good
1: question. i I have identified as a feminist since like I was a child. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I think some of that is because my mom identifies as a feminist. And I think, you know, over the years as I've learned that it's more about that like proving that I'm just as strong as the boys, which is what it was in my childhood iteration. What I've learned a lot from black feminism and I think about bell hooks in particular, is that it's really about dismantling systems that oppress, women oppress Black women. It's about changing our system such that everyone can thrive, right? It's not about trying to fit in and prove that we're just as good as men or just as smart as men and keeping the systems and structures of the patriarchy the same. It's about dismantling them so that everyone has a place, everyone's valued, everyone can show up and share their gifts.
0: Absolutely. Love that. And Dr. Gooden is a, uh, an author. You're coming out with a, a new book, which I would love for you to mention. Um, and also has, you have your own podcast, which is called Unconditionally Worthy. Unconditionally Worthy. And you also have a TED Talk called Cultivating Unconditional Self-Worth. So lots of places to find Dr. Gooden. We'll also link to her information on the show notes. And Dr. Gooden, tell us about your book.
1: Yeah. So it's called Promoting Black Women's Mental Health, What Practitioners Should Know and Do. It's a book that I co-authored with my good friend, Dr. Donna Baptiste. And we really write about some of the core experiences that Black women have, how it impacts our mental health and what practitioners, maybe their clinicians, maybe their co-workers, maybe their professors should understand about these experiences that Black women have to help support and pr- support Black women in thriving and promote their mental health. We also think this book will be incredibly Black valuable for Black women themselves to be affirmed in their core experiences, as well as advocating for themselves to receive the care that they deserve. Um, so that book is published by Cambridge University Press, and it will be out. You can pre-order it now, but it will be out in July.
0: Awesome. And we'll we'll put all of that on the show notes. And I have been speaking with Dr. Adia Gooden today, licensed clinical psychologist and author and speaker, coach, and podcast host. Dr. Gooden, it's been such a pleasure having you on the show today. Thank you so much for having me. This was a wonderful conversation. That was Dr. Adia Gooden, who works with professional women to claim their worth outside of the hustle. Now let's shift our attention to Gloria Felt, a renowned author and activist who's made it her mission to achieve gender parity by 2025. She co-founded Take the Lead, an organization that empowers women to embrace leadership roles and break through barriers that have held them back. You also may remember her as the former head of Planned Parenthood at the national level. Here's an excerpt from my interview from episode 239 with Gloria Felt. How do you move strategies forward, moving gender and race equity forward while also operating within that oppressive system? And so can you share a power tool related to that or, or do you just want to respond to that? Oh,
2: absolutely, absolutely. And I just want to say that I, I I looked at your your website and I looked at all of your the things that you're doing and we are so perfectly aligned that uh, I, it just made me very happy because I think it takes, It takes many of us out delivering these same kinds of messages. But that really is the key question. How do you make change when you're living in a world that is was designed by somebody else? Here's what I learned from the civil rights movement, because I'm kind of old now, you see, so I, 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 that's where I started out. And what I learned is people working together can change anything, but you have to have people working together and you have to do so. One of the power tools, which I will share then, is create a movement. And you can do this whether you're talking about creating a mini movement around yourself because you want to move forward in your career, or whether you're talking about changing a law, changing a workplace policy, or getting your husband to do the laundry, you can use these same principles for any of it. I love it. Okay. The first thing is you have to find the other people who share your concerns. even if it's just one other person who shares your concerns or your beliefs or your values, the thing that you want to make happen. So it's not generally a winning strategy to try doing it alone. You need to find your people some way or another. The second thing is, and this is hard, you have to have the courage to actually raise the issue to put it out into the world, to have people talking about it. And that can create some controversy. But one of the other power tools is how to embrace controversy and use it in a productive manner because it gives you a platform, makes people talk about something that's important. So then the next thing is you have to put those two pieces together. I call that sister and courage. You have to put sister and courage together with a strategic plan. Identify where the points of power are that you need to move. Do you need to talk to people? Do you need to uh, put an ad in the paper? you need to, you know, you mostly usually don't have to go out marching. Uh, It's usually more about mustering your facts and figuring out what are the levers that would get that person who can make the decision to change something. So it's uh, find your people, have the courage to put the issue out and then have a strategic plan to go get it done and execute on that.
0: That was Gloria Felt, former head of Planned Parenthood and current co-founder of Take the Lead. And she's putting on a really interesting conference that I'll tell you a little bit more about. It's August 26th, Women's Equality Day. And of course, this day commemorates the passage of the 19th Amendment granting women the right to vote in the United States. It's a day to celebrate the progress we've made and reflect on the work that still lies ahead. What better way to honor this day than attending the Power Up Conference and Concerts with Gloria Felt and take the lead in Los Angeles. The Well Woman Show is a media partner and I'll be there and I'd love to see other folks there. Power Up Conference is happening August 26th. It'll bring together inspiring speakers, industry leaders, and performers to discuss and celebrate women's empowerment. This year, the event will be held both in person and virtually, allowing everyone to participate no matter where you are. It's an excellent opportunity to network, gain insights, and support the incredible work being done to close the gender gap. So let's power up and be part of the movement towards gender equity. Remember, change begins with each one of us. And by supporting initiatives like Dr. Adia Gooden's work, Gloria Felt's Take the Lead, and attending events like the Power Up Conference and concert, we can create a more equitable and inclusive world for everyone. That's all the time we have for today's discussion on gender gaps in self-esteem and power. I hope you had a chance to reflect on your own self-esteem and power to create what you desire. As always, The Well Woman Show is thankful for support from The Well Woman Academy at wellwomanlife.com academy. Join us in the academy for community, mindfulness practices, and strategy to live your well woman life. All the links and information from today's show are at wellwomanlife.com slash radio. I'm Giovanna Rossi for The Well Woman Show. Have a super powerful week. at Well Woman Life. I'm Giovanna Rossi for The Well Woman Show. Until next time, have a super powerful week.